Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. You'll want to sit tight this hour as hosts Mike Abadir and co-host Gino Bacola talk to the experts, celebrities, and figures from the worlds of sports and business of sports. We cover the NFL, baseball, basketball, soccer, and horse racing, so we have all of the bases covered. Now, we just need your participation. Here is your host, Mike Abadir. Welcome, everyone, to the Mike Avenue Show. This is your host, of course, Mike Avenue. Today is Thursday, August 3rd, 2023. And as the calendar turns to August, so does some of our, our attention to our beloved football. National Football League, college football. Camps are full, going full force in, uh, in the NFL. I personally am appreciative and thankful because I got a contract extension done for one of my clients. He's now going to be one of the highest paid long snappers in NFL history. Uh, so I'm going to toot my own horn just a little bit. But Pop, there's there's so much going on. NFL news, tons of MLB news. We just had the trade deadline and that was super exciting. want to talk about that. want to talk about the Women's World Cup a little bit. But let's start off with... Uh, Maybe something that you could fill us in on. We don't talk that much about how you're an expert and an insider in boxing. Uh, I don't even know how you feel about Jake Paul, but it looks like uh, Jake Paul and, and Nate Diaz's teams kind of had a little drama going on. Did you, did you get a chance to catch that? Mike, seriously, we, you're going to bring up Jake Paul and Diaz, bro, and you know I'm a boxing, uh, uh, boxing media, all that Yes, that has to go on with boxing, you know, boxing behind the scenes, all that good stuff. And we had Crawford and Spence, one of the biggest fights in the last 20 years last week. We didn't mention it on the show. So, you know, so, you know, which I'm like, first, let's start off with that the master class that uh Crawford put on that was absolutely amazing. Um it was a fight that was years in the making as well too. It didn't live up to the Hagler Hearns hype that they wanted it to be, but it kind of went the way that a lot of us who understand how boxing works went, you know what I mean, when a guy is kind of um when a guy's kind of tainted a little bit coming in, you know, you didn't get the same arrow spins that you had when I was in Texas in 2019 at Jerry's World, and he was the biggest boxer in the world somewhat at that time. And uh, pretty much, um, you know, things have changed now. And, you know, it was a great fight. And a lot of people had their hearts set on Spence uh, having a great night, but it just didn't work out that way. But all in all, with Jake Paul and Nate Diaz, I'm not, I'm not getting into that too, too hard, Mike. Man, that's I'm not. I promised myself I wasn't going to do any promotion for that fight this week because. Jake Paul is pretty much um, the the, get, the the jig is up because boxing is now putting together all the fights that fans want to see, and you know Jake Paul being this guy who's putting together these 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 big hype trains and big events and everything like that. Well, they had to show him that they know how to do events as well too. Al Heyman is the king of events, so pretty much they had to put Jake Paul in his place, and this fight is irrelevant this week. It's just another what you call it. It's 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 a circus it's a circus shot, and I'm gonna keep it real with you. The misfits, the 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 clown show, boxing uh, promotions that are doing these things in Europe now, 
that with all their influencers and all their people, it's kind of diluted the whole Jake, I'm trying to be a real pro boxer situation because these guys have jumped into the ring too and they're absolute clowns about it. So they put Jake in that category so it kind of messes them up a little bit. But I'm going to keep it real with you. This might be his retirement uh, fight this weekend because I'm telling you now, a lot of people feel like Diaz is really old and all this good stuff, but Diaz knows how to fight. And when you know how to fight, that's different from just being in there boxing somebody. And I think that um, Nate has the type of power that can probably park Jake Paul, and he doesn't even know that yet. But l- let me ask you this. do you? What are your thoughts about these guys that really aren't boxers that are coming in? And, and to me, it almost cheapens boxing. Like, okay, uh, yeah, I did UFC. I did jiu-jitsu. I did this type of discipline. So that means I can just do boxing. I think he kind of cheapens it a little bit. What are, what are your thoughts about these guys, you know, kind of switching over from MMA to, to boxing when they're really not technicians from a boxing sense? They're not pure boxers. They're fighters and different types of fighters. What are your thoughts about these guys? Is it, it, to me, it kind of seems more of like a clown show, you know? I don't think we've had like a true boxer, legendary boxer emerge from this type of setup. What say you? Man, it ain't nothing but entertainment. It's past the time, man. And these guys see, see the thing is boxing is an uncapped sport. So when you have big fights like we just had last weekend, they made $55 million at the uh, off-pay-per-view. They made $21 million off the gate. In total, that's going to be $76 million at the end of the day. And they're not even adding in the merchandise and all the other stuff that was sold uh, within the, you know, within the two weeks of the fight and all that good stuff. So there's a lot of things that play into those parts. And people see those numbers and they get really excited. And they feel like they could put on the same type of event in a big venue and these venues pay them to do these events. And then what happens is they lose money. I deal with the some of the biggest promoters in boxing, period, point blank, some of the biggest managers. And most of the time they never make money. They'll, they make money on big events like they did last Saturday, but most times they're giving away half the tickets. And most times, they're sitting up in here really figuring out how they're going to pay everybody. You know what I mean? Well, you so, know, I, I had an idea. I had an idea, and I'm kind of surprised that nobody's kind of jumped on this. Granted, it, it is wild, wild west when it comes to boxing. There's there's even so many different, uh, you know, uh, governing bodies. But my thought was it's kind of like you pay MLB package – hundred and whatever it is, 130 bucks. And you get all the MLB games for the whole year. When you break it down, it's like 10 bucks a month, right? Why don't they say, if you don't want to ever pay for a pay-per-view again, we're going to sell the boxing pass. 129.99, you get the whole year's pay-per-views. Or you could still buy them individually for 59.99. I think everybody would be like, F that noise, I'm going to pay for the whole year and get the whole year's worth. I think then you would get maybe some people that aren't super boxing fans, but just to have the opportunity to be able to host some gatherings and some parties and things of that nature. And then also to be able to watch when there is an intriguing fight. Kind of surprised that they didn't do that because 
I'd rather get a, a smaller amount uh, uh, times a bigger number of people than a big amount times a small number of people. What, what are you going to say? Well, actually, they did. It's called the zone, and it and it's absolutely failing right now. Yeah, but that didn't cover all the pay per views. No, it's not even about pay per views. It was just about you. What you want them to do is have, have an app. They'll never do that, Mike, because that the 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 pay per views vary and things of that nature, and they don't do enough pay per views for them to put together a package or anything like that. Because they really don't know when they're going to do these pay per views. These fights are always set up at least ninety days before the date of the actual fight, or two months or so before the fight. It's never like something that they know six months ahead of time. And then say if a fight gets scrapped, things it's, it's a lot of different elements that play a part into that not working. But you know what that tells me? That's a good idea, me, though. You know? That tells me that they need, like, a Dana White. Somebody you know, who's a master of marketing who could bring it all together. Because right now, the way it's so fragmented... I don't see boxing really becoming like a mainstream sport like it once was without some leadership at the top that brings it all together. Like even back in the day, not that long ago, but I mean, part of the attraction was like Don King and his hair and the stories about him and the rumors about him and the legend of Don King, whether you hated his guts, whether you liked him, whether you thought he was really interesting character, he was like a big part of it. And I look at boxing now, there's not a lot of personalities. You have to be a really hardcore boxing fan to really get into it, to be honest with you. I don't think people even understand the different weight classes outside of just some really generic information. And it's just too fragmented, in my opinion. But that's that's kind of my take on it, being I wouldn't call myself a hardcore boxing fan. I like boxing, and I root for the sport. Yeah. That's my take. Only reason why I say don't mention people like Dana White being a part of it because Dana White tried to be a part of boxing and he he couldn't handle being a part of it either. And let's keep it real, Dana got lucky, man. When you got the Fertitta brothers behind you and they wasn't willing and they was willing to lose a lot of money in the beginning, everything works out. Then you turn yourself into do you pretty much take the NASCAR theme and then you take a certain audience away from boxing as well, too. And we know what type of audience that is. This hardcore, um, you know, I'm America first, you know, what I mean, and, you know, I love my country, but you know what I'm talking about? These people that folks got mad at. You know what I mean? Uh, a few years back when somebody else was the president and things of that nature. So that's kind of the audience that 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 they they sell to. So pretty much. And the thing is, it's like, OK, it's kind of communism over there at UFC as well, too, because at the same time, you don't get to make your absolute top dollar. These boxers get to are are true independent contractors, so they can really go in there and call out their price. MMA guys got to go in there and really fight and crack and scratch and tooth and nail with Dana, and then Dana's sitting up in here handing nobody's a hundred thousand dollars, you know, and laughing about it. And it's not that's not fair. That's not fair for the stars that that are packing the house for you. But we've came to realize that it's not about the stars in the UFC. It's about the company. And see, that's the that's where, you know, you're just taking you're just using the Vince McMahon uh blueprint in a sense to uh sell a combat sport. 
but it's just how much longer are you going to be able to, you know, sell this same type of product to the people? You feel what I'm saying? Because yep. at the same time, same time too, I know you're getting a little tired of watching these MMA, MMA fights ending the way that they're ending because it feels like that they have a a uh, a ulterior motive going in these fights as well too and that's what's what's a big problem and that's just a big problem in combat sports as it as is is all this shit scripted that's the biggest question you asked great point man great you know point I mean? well let me tell you what's not scripted is uh the drama of the trade deadline mm. when's the last time that you saw a team that was one of the favorites to maybe even go to the World Series and win it all, like the New York Mets with Scherzer and Berlander, break it up halfway through the season, and then each player, Scherzer and Verlander, each go to the rival teams of one another in the same state who are one and two in the division separated by a game. I've never seen something like that in my life. Exciting stuff in baseball. Have you ever seen anything like that? It's kind of wild. It's kind of wild, to be honest with you. But, you know, we all caught it. You know, we knew that the Mets, if they weren't going to get off on a great start, that it was going to be problems. And we knew that, you know, if they weren't winning baseball games, they had a losing record, something of that nature. Scherzer and Verlander could be on the way out because they cost a lot of money and they are at the twilight of both of their careers at this point. So pretty much what they did was the Mets went ahead and did a great fire sale in a sense to where they pretty much did the Billy Bean, but they ain't trying to win, but they know they ain't going to win no games. And they was just send Scherzer to uh, Texas and send Verlander Lander to Houston. They did the same exact thing, but they just brought in one of the best hauls that the uh, Mets have had in years when it comes to the farm. And the Mets have put themselves in position to be a top 15 team with the uh, farm system at this point, and that's good. And they got ready, ready to come to the league, ready to come to the show players now. They didn't just get prospects. They got their number one prospects for guys in the twilight of their careers. So this sets up a great face-off between the Rangers and the Astros. You knew it was coming. I told you, Mike, plenty of weeks that, you know, the Rangers were just, you know, um, just ahead of the pack somewhat. But, you know, a team like the Astros, all they're doing is saving ground. And they're about to, and they're making their big run now, and they're neck to neck right now as well too. And I just really feel like the Rangers—they made a lot of desperate deals, and I don't think that they needed to go chase uh, uh, Scherzer. They could have chased Flatter. You saw what he just did with Baltimore today. Go get a more low-key guy that's going to be more better for your staff and things of that nature. Now you got Max Scherzer, Mr. I-can-do-everything, and this might mess you up because it messed up the Dodgers a few years ago with the guy thinking that he could pitch three games in uh, five days, and it just doesn't work like that. So pretty much hopefully he doesn't do that to the Rangers when he gets there and just comes in and is a good team player. He struck out nine today. That was beautiful. So that will work out very well for the Rangers moving forward. Now you got the Astros, like I've been telling you all year, Mike, they needed to have 
a voice of reason in that bullpen, in that uh, dugout with the pitchers. And Je- Justin Verlander was their leader. They had they were a no-name gang of pitchers. Now they have Verlander back, so now they got their mojo back. They got their guy back that's going to keep everybody heads level, grounded, an uh, extra uh, pitching coach. Uh, for this team so this has became probably the battle for who's going to win the American League but I don't want to jump too far ahead on that one but when you look at teams and the way that rosters are set up the Astros and the Rangers are set up to possibly be the teams that would contend for the World Series when you go ahead and look at everybody right now who would you give the edge to I would give the edge to Houston just because they've been here before they know what they're doing and they know that they had to pace themselves this year. They knew it was going to be a different season because they're champions again. And it wasn't just going to be easy walks in the park or anything like that. They had to get used to the guys that they just brought in and they had to figure out a way to get Altuve out there healthy as well, too. Now everything's coming into place right at the right time. And this team should move forward and put themselves in position to be the team that's possibly going to be the number one seed moving forward. Because I feel like Baltimore is having a good little run right now, but they are ready to hit a wall soon. And I just don't know when, but they're going to hit a wall soon. It's not that they're going to miss the playoffs or anything like that, but they're going to get the rude awakening that they haven't, that, you know, that this is a long season. They, a team can't be this consistent all year long without hitting a wall. And the Baltimore Orioles just have not hit their wall yet, but it's coming soon. But that doesn't mean they're going to fall off or anything. Just everybody has to hit a wall for about a week. That's all. Interesting stuff, man. All I know is this. In terms of leadership, we're talking at the very top four World Series titles between Bochi and Baker, the B&B guys in Texas since 2010. Four World Series titles. Pretty impressive, man. So they got these guys between them have a lot of experience. This is going to be kind of like a gunslinging battle all the way probably until the last day. And hey, man, let's face it. It's a big difference between being a division winner and a wild card, especially not just because you have that home cooking, but also because depending on what wild card slot you're in, it might be a one gamer you know, one and done type thing. So uh, they're obviously going to both be battling really, really hard to get there. Pop, let's take a commercial timeout. We'll come back on the other side, resume more MLB talk, NFL talk, World Cup talk, and anything else that Pop DiBiase wants to talk about on the Mike Abadier Show. Stay with us, everyone. We'll be right back. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune into All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Mondays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device. 
including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or send an email to Mike at the MikeAbadirShow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Back on the Mike Abadir Show, second segment with my man, Pop DiBiase, who's been doling out some winners at the racetrack. Pop, why don't you quickly uh, let everybody know how they could follow you on via Twitter and get your picks, etc. Well, if y'all really want to get some winners, man, like if you truly want to get some winners, not just be dreaming about winners and things like that, or just following somebody because they was on is because they was on FS1, Sarah Token one time, um, and you know they got the best seven to fives and three to twos in the game. Um, when you come to me, I'm gonna give you some money. So you guys can catch me at Pop DBIC, and um. Today we hit the pick five over at Saratoga. That was for two sixty-three and a quarter. So we hit that yet today, and we hit the the pick five yesterday for six eleven and a quarter. So that's well, I say we, but if you're playing telling long, let me know that you're telling long. But I gave it out on Twitter, so you guys will not miss anything because I give out everything on the Twitter. So you guys won't. You probably miss uh, Delmar right now because I'm doing the show. But I get put out the pick five. I put out the uh, pick pick four for you guys late. But all in all, you guys can catch me on Twitter at popdbiasi. And if you guys do want to sign up, you guys can DM me or you can email me at primewavemedia at yahoo dot com and um, let me know what you want to do, and we can move forward from there. We do have one flat rate package, and uh, we move from there. And um, let's just cash some tickets. Is what it's all about. There you go. Love it. And yeah, we are midway through Del Mar's card right now. Beautiful day in sunny San Diego, as always. And uh, if you want to pop for a price, talk to Pop himself. Okay, we were talking about the trade deadline moves. It was interesting that the Dodgers traded for the pitcher that they wanted, and he would have solidified their staff, bought some time until... Uh, Kershaw came off the DL and maybe even Walker Buehler but Rodriguez he vetoed the deal man he didn't want to go and I uh, at first I was like is he out of his mind 
But apparently he really likes being in Detroit. Apparently he really likes the community. His family likes Detroit. They like the community. Pretty rare, though. You don't see somebody like that veto a trade to a World Series contender. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's not common. Well, I'm going to keep it real with you. He just didn't want – he just couldn't handle the pressure. That's why he chose Detroit because Detroit had this, well, you know, we're just rebuilding the team and we see you as a premium player. We see you as the ace of our staff. We see you as this, that, and the third. And that's what brought him into Detroit. Detroit sold him very well for their team. And by so you're saying to, that's what got him out of Boston in the first place. Right, because they were telling him, they were letting him know how easy it was going to be for him because it, it was going to be no pressure because we're rebuilding over here. We're not worried about winning right away. So, you know, you come over here and you can help us build something here. And pretty much he looked at the the, uh, the option of going to L.A. and he said, you know what, I don't want to uh, I don't want to deal with the pressure. I'm very comfortable here. I'm going to go back to being a third, fourth pitcher on their staff. And I'm not going to be somebody that they're going to be looking to to uh, really, you know, have have a, a, a great sense of, um, you know, it's going to be a lot of pressure and. I just don't feel like dealing with the pressure. And that's how I kind of feel how he was. He just didn't feel like dealing with the pressure. And that's 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 justified in my opinion. You know what I mean? So, you know, I just really feel that it's it can be a lot of different things. But he just looked at it and he said to himself, I'm comfortable where I'm at. And I just don't want the pressure of being on that team. And it's very obvious to see that. And I know that he probably might have a little bit of beef from when we played the uh, played them back in the day, back in um, when we played them back in um, the World Series a few years back. You know, he gave up a game-winning home run to the Dodgers as well, too. So he knows the type of pressure that you have playing for the Dodgers. And if you make a mistake and if something goes wrong, now people are bothering you at the grocery store. You know, you lose in Detroit. Everybody's just like, hey, man, good to meet you. Great game last night. They're used to losing. It's no problem with that. And so pretty much I think he would have vetoed any trade they would have sent him anywhere with. And the Dodgers, you know what? At the end of the day, the Dodgers get to save prospects anyway, even though I think they still move those guys to the Royals. So, you know. It is what it is at the end of the day. Let's move over to the other side of town in Los Angeles to the Angels down there in Anaheim. What did you make of their decision to be all in? Obviously, Lucas Giolito has not had a, a good start to his career in, uh, in Anaheim. He's been roughed up a little bit, but What's your take on that? Because I'll tell you mine. I don't think they necessarily felt that they're going to be able to necessarily snag a wild card spot. But I think they felt we owe it to Otani and Trout to try. And ultimately, I think the game here is, or the play here is, but at least this will tell Otani, Hey, don't leave, man. We want you here. We're going to keep acquiring talent. We're going to make it happen. You don't need to go anywhere. So I think this trade, the, the trades and the decision 
to not sell off was more about, hey, this is where we want you to play your whole career. What are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I think that they know that they can't, they know that they can't be outbidded. He'll have to leave on his own. So they know that it, it's not about paying him. It's about, you know, do you want to be here? That's the whole question. But let's show him how much we want him here. We want to show you that you, you can be the, the, the star of our team for real, for real. We're willing to go ahead and do things that, you know, that are out the norm for us and everything like that, because, you know, usually we, we know that guys would probably want to move on who aren't from this country, but you're not, you're from, you're from a different place and you're from a place that, you know, you're very appreciative of the opportunity and everything like that. And it's not like the angels did not give you VIP services, a player for their team. So you have to go ahead and look at it with the grain of salt and say that, you know what, I'm going to get, I'm going to listen. Because they do have the capability of signing him to the biggest contract in MLB history. Everybody else can try to do the same thing, but Artie Moreno is a mug, is a mug, and he's going to try to really go ahead and um, match whatever match whatever he has to match to get his player. So you can see that happening, and I I think that that's a very very strong possibility of happening as well too. But at the same time, Otani knows that he's going to be very very wanted, so I think he's going to take the meetings as well too. And you got to take these meetings, so then you can see possibly what other teams might have to offer you that might want to put you that might persuade you to join their franchise because. Right now, Otani, the only thing missing with him is playoff baseball. That's it. And I don't know if he 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 cares so much for it, or if he he he's very very adamant about being a part of it. But if he stays with the Angels, he knows he runs the risk of that being a rare thing. If he goes ahead and says, you know what, I'm moving across the freeway to the Dodgers, then you pretty much putting yourself in the playoffs or giving yourself a chance at the playoffs every single year because the Dodgers don't play for second place, and we both know this. And so pretty much um, that's where we're at right now. And I think Otani um, would probably not want to leave the uh, – California, the state of California, because I really truly think that the, the three California teams are all in play. You, the Giants, because the uh, San Francisco population being uh, uh, per, uh, having a big Asian population, especially Japanese. Then you have the um, Dodgers, who are the Dodgers, and the Dodgers are pretty much just like the 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 team of Japan in a sense, because Nomo and all those guys that came before. And then you got the Angels, who can resign them as well too. And then Seattle is is in the mix somewhat. And you know what? A surprise, surprise team. One, possibly somebody like the Rangers who love to overspend on everything. So, you know, they, they're in the mix as well, too. You can't forget about the Yankees and the Red Sox as possibilities, but I think they're big long shots. It kind of seems to me like he's definitely more adamant about being in the West Coast. At least initially when he first came, he made it pretty clear that he wanted to be on the West Coast. I, I don't know if you're really being makes a difference like in terms of like, oh, you're closer to Japan. Well, you're not going home during the All-Star break anyways or something. Maybe it's for his family to come over or something. I, I really don't know. Maybe it's just peace of mind knowing 
that I'm just the ocean away and not uh, a whole east to west to fly over the ocean and then to get to my homeland. But whichever the case, I think it's going to make for a very fascinating offseason when it comes to Otani, it comes to baseball, it comes to the bidding war. It was a lot of fun last winter when we dealt with it with Aaron Judge. And, uh, and then we're going to be treated to uh, a mega star once again and bidding for his services. We'll see how it shakes out. There were some teams that didn't do much. The two central division winners didn't do much. Not winners. The guys uh, sitting at the top of the, each of the central divisions. The Reds didn't do much. And the Twins the Twins is the one that surprised me the most because why would you spend all that money on Carlos Correa and you're only a game over 500 and then you do nothing? Is that basically saying we don't think we're going to win the World Series anyways so there's no need to unload our young talent to get anybody? Because that's how I take it. Otherwise, why wouldn't you? You're probably going to be in the playoffs. Why wouldn't you want to give your team a better chance to win? That that doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense to me. The red the Reds make sense to me though because the Reds they're kind of playing on house money. Nobody expected them to be there. They weren't supposed to be there, but boom, here they are. They're you know neck and neck with with the Brewers, and most probably if things go the way it's going, whoever doesn't win the division is still going to the playoffs as a wildcard team between the Brew Crew and the Reds. So what are your thoughts about the central leaders doing nil? Well, I think that Minnesota is pretty comfortable with where they're at, and Minnesota spent a lot of money. So Minnesota is in a position where they know that their rivals were all giving away players. They were White Sox trading away guys, Tigers trading away guys, Indian Guardians trading away guys, Royals giving away every great player that they got on the roster. So, you know, um, they their whole division was the trading division. So with them, what's there to what's there to trade for when we feel very comfortable with what we have? I've already said they probably have the best pitching uh rotation out of everybody. And then you bring back Byron Buxton as well, too. Buxton is back in the lineup, batting third. And uh, you got Carlos Carrera there as well, too. I think this team is pretty uh, – t- this team is pretty uh, adamant that they have the team that is going to be who they need for the playoffs. I feel like they pretty much said that they didn't want to give up assets, that they got some guys down there in the farm that they're very high on and they're not giving them up for just to give them up. And so that happens. And I think that the Twins probably did do the smartest thing for their team. They didn't make any moves last year as well either because they know that they're cash-strapped as it is, and they're not going to just throw dole out. They're not going to give up four top prospects to, to, to chase a possible dream. You know what I mean? If they feel comfortable with what they already have. If Buxton can go off here in the last two months of the season, then the Twins are in good shape going into the playoffs. And as I keep saying, the AL is so wide open. What does it come down to at the end of the day? It's going to come down to pitching. This reminds me a lot of 2016 when the Indians made it um, 
to the uh, World Series, and it was pretty much off their pitching. And I think the Twins have the same type of unit this year coming into the playoffs, but they're a little bit better offensively as well, too. So we'll see how it goes. But then when it comes down to the Reds and the uh, Brewers, the Brewers made a little trade. They didn't make a big trade, but they made a, a little trade, and they picked up somebody off of waivers as well, too. So the Brewers, I think they're kind of content with the idea that they know that they're going against the Reds, and they already have the tiebreaker over the Reds. But my biggest thing is this. Watch out for the Cubs because the Cubs just feel – I just feel like they got this big run coming and the Reds and Brewers are about to run into some into some issues as they're trying to, you know, get down to the nitty-gritty of winning this division. But, you know, the Reds are in good shape right now. They know that they're well ahead of schedule. That's why they traded nobody. And Baltimore pretty much said, you know what, um, they, were, they were probably going to stand pat. But Baltimore said, you know what, man, we're going to have to win this division now. Because we know that we're ahead, and we know that we we surprised to be here, but we believe now. Let's go get us an ace. Let's go get Flattery. And Flattery is excited to come there because now he can be seen as an ace. He wasn't an ace in uh in St. Louis. Now he's an ace. So it's 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 fun. It's it, it's theater right now, Mike. That's all I can say. Well put, man. Let's uh. Let's take a, a, our final commercial timeout. We'll come back. I do have some thoughts on the AL East, and let's talk a little bit of NFL training camp as well. Stay with us, everyone. We'll be back right after this. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. 
or send an email to Mike at the MikeAbadirShow.com. Now, back to this week's program. The American League East is fascinating to me, Pop. Every week we've documented it. Every week we've mentioned it. This division is all above 500. And we're not talking one game or two games or three games. You know, we're talking like four, five, six, seven, ten. I mean, this whole division deserves to be in the playoffs. You know, they've been, they've stood the test of every single team in the majors as a division. They've held, they've held their, what's the word? They're holding their own. And I have a theory as to why, Pop. When they changed the scheduling from each team playing a division opponent 19 times down to 14 times, that meant that each of the AL East teams didn't have to beat up on each other as much. And instead, they get more games against everybody else. And this kind of shows you how superior the AL East is. Because if they could beat up on everybody else to this extent, man, you're going to have at least, I mean, you're probably going to have three teams from this division go to the playoffs. Mm. Now the question is going to be, is it going to be Toronto for the last playoff spot or Boston? The Yankees are a little bit further back. Seattle's a little bit further back, and the Angels are kind of at the outskirts. Who do you think nabs that final spot between Toronto, Boston, the Yankees, Mariners, and Angels? Well, Mariners and Angels getting it on tonight. That's a big. That's a big series, right there, because that just kind of like an eliminator in a sense. But I would say that when you look at everything. The Blue Jays have everything it should take to get there at the end of the day. But I think that your Red Sox, nobody's talking about them enough. And I think that they have enough when it comes to the pitching right now to put them in position to be exactly where they want to be. And that's the final playoff spot because Boston has the players. They have the guys that have been here before. Justin Turner is a great leader for the dugout. You got – Canley Jansen, that gives you a, a solid closer right there as well, too. James Paxton is coming back into his own as well. Chris Sell is back around. That's another that, – that so that gives you two A1 pitchers right there. Also, your hitters are doing very well uh, right now, and so pretty much the Red Sox are in position to put themselves right where they need to be because the Blue Jays just keep showing us their age. That's the whole thing. The Blue Jays have everything. And when you look at the Blue Jays, the Blue Jays should be the best team in baseball. They got the right pitching. They got the right hitting. They got the right type of bullpen. They just can't put it all together consistently. It's that simple. And they had a great opportunity to really pounce on uh, Baltimore this week, but they did not do it. Baltimore absolutely dominated that series this week. So, now they got to go back to square one, and there's not too much more time to keep going back to square one. So now they're in a position to the point where I truly do feel that they 
have to win, possibly sweep this weekend to to, to really keep themselves in the loop because the when they lose like the way that they lost to Baltimore, then all they're doing is just going getting further and further behind. And they really need to put themselves in position to be at the stretch drive to where they're almost neck and neck with Baltimore because it's just a matter of time before the Rays tailor all the way off. The Rays may mess around and miss the playoffs, Mike, because I just don't like the way this team is moving right now. I just don't. You know what I mean? Even though they did well against the Yankees this week, Yankees are struggling. But Judge is back. They had a big moment last night as well, too. And that's something that you got to look out for as well. But nobody's talking about the Red Sox enough. And when they're not talking about you enough, that means that you loom the danger. That means that you're the team that's creeping up on the stretch. And that's how I feel about the Red Sox at this point. They probably have the best manager in the division as well, too. So that's what works out. That's what gives the Red Sox an advantage over the rest of the, uh, the league because they have all the the right elements to make everything happen and boston does already have that tradition of hard-nosed baseball and everything like that so that's something that you have to monitor very closely over the next few weeks and i think that they have a very big opportunity to go ahead and uh get that final playoff spot yeah i mean look i'm gonna tell you something about the red sox their next couple of weeks will determine whether they are going to be that playoff team or not. And here's why I say that. So you mentioned this weekend series. They're going up head-to-head against the Blue Jays. Toronto, Boston, they're fighting for the last spot, going head-to-head. I love it. Advantage Boston for a couple of reasons. Number one, they're at home. And number two, Bichette is out for the Blue Jays. He's been arguably their best hitter this year probably one of the best hitters in Major League Baseball, one of the best playmakers in Major League Baseball, and he is out. So I'm going to give the advantage to to the Red Sox. Now, they do what they're supposed to do at home against the Blue Jays. Let's just say take two out of three, get them a game closer. They'll be very neck and neck. Then you have Kansas City at home, Detroit at home, Washington on the road. So there's an opportunity there, the next four series, to really, really, really solidify your playoff positioning. Now, why are you going to have to do that, Pop? Because, man, the end of August and September is brutal for the Red Sox. They get the Yankees twice, the Astros twice, the Dodgers, Tampa twice, the Rangers, the Blue Jays again, and Baltimore twice sandwiched in there you got the white Sox, but otherwise oh, i'm sorry sandwiched in there you have the white Sox in another series against the royals but that's tough sledding man astros twice and rangers and dodgers and yankees so they got to win in these next two weeks and i think if they do that'll give them enough momentum to be able to weather the storm against those other teams in fact i'm going to say if the if the Red Sox can have like a eight and two run or something like that over the next few games here, which I think is doable, eight and two, nine and two, somewhere in that range, however many games they're playing, then they could probably even be close to five hundred the rest of the way out and probably be in good shape. So these next couple of weeks, Pop, they're going to be huge for Boston. 
But, you know, I agree with your pick, and I'm not being a homer here. I, I agree with your logic. This team is, you know, what top three offense in the American League. They're going to get Trevor Story, an all-star, back in the next few days. They're going to get, like you said, Chris Sale. Man, they're just going to, they're just going to have more weapons. They're only going to be more potent. And their pitching has come around. Let me tell you about a pitcher, Pop. Not a lot of people know about. Not a lot of people talk about. He's got one of the funkiest arm angles that you'll see for a pitcher, and that's Cutter Crawford. Mm. This guy is the real deal. Watch his next outing. Look at his stats. This kid is the real deal, I'm telling you. Um, the other guy that I'm going to say is the real deal is Jaron Duran. Duran, I believe, since July – First has had the highest batting average in baseball or top two. Um, and he's also driven in a lot of runs and a lot of steals. So the Red Sox have some playmakers that could do different things. They're not just a home run hitting team. You know, they've got some team speed when when needed on the base paths. They they get they take good at bats. They don't waste any at bats. And you nailed it, man. Justin Turner, he is He's more than what I expected. I thought he was kind of hidden, not hidden with the Dodgers, but I kind of thought he was one amongst many badass Dodger players. But this guy, his leadership is phenomenal. He still has so much more in the tank. He's having one of his better seasons in a long time, and he's clutch. Bottom line, he's clutch. He's a huge addition to the Red Sox. It's kind of funny because uh, the Dodgers got back one of the the guys that was really kick ass in their uh, in their championship runs over the last few years. And that's Kike. What do you think about Kike being back with the Dodgers? Well, Kike is a good dugout guy. You know, that's that's something that's huge uh, bringing him back because he's somebody that that knows the team, knows the fan base, everything like that. But the, it's not the same crew that was there when Kike was was there. You know what I mean? As I said um, last week when I talked about it, you know, you got a new uh, you got a new 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 situation. You got Mookie and Freddie are, are the leaders of the team now. They weren't the leaders when when Kike was there. Kike left in after twenty twenty. You know what I mean? After we won the World Series, Kike was gone. So this is a new team. You know what I mean? This is a new this is but you still got Dave Roberts there. You still got um Julio Uris there as well too. So you got the familiarity, you got Clay there as well. And he was one of the fun guys. He's one of the, the, the jokesters, you know what I mean? But he was somebody who also led by example as well, too. So it's good to have Kike back because they're talking about this could save Kike's career because that just means that he just wasn't doing what they wanted him to do in Boston. But I thought he was a very valuable player in Boston as well, too. But he just ran his course somewhat of what this group was doing. And, um, you know, I think that all in all, having Kike back is huge. But Ahmad Rosario to me is gonna be a a big, big time, big time player. So, you know, that's gonna be something that's gonna be special because we have um he did very well last night. So, you know, that's what it is. You know, I I am always shocked when I look at the standings and I see that the second most win total in the National League behind the Braves is a tie between the Dodgers and the Giants. 
I, for the life of me, I can't explain the Giants, man. <laughs> they don't have a superstar hitter. They don't have a superstar pitcher. They don't have anybody having like crazy good seasons. Somehow they come together, and win some ball, ball games. That, they'll have to write a book about the San Francisco Giants and how they're able to do it, man. Because uh, it's a mystery to me. Braves obviously are uh, kicking some serious butt. They are, and they deserve to be the favorites in the National League. Phillies are kind of coming on a little bit. I'd be remiss to say that uh, Baltimore hasn't been super impressive to me. Amongst the great teams in the AL East, they are at sitting at the top of the AL East. Uh, we only have like two minutes left. We haven't even talked about the National Football League yet. How excited are you? Who are you excited to see? I know you always have to keep an eye out on your Browns. Um, but in, in a minute or so, w- what are the storylines that you're interested in during this training camp preseason period? Mikey, why are you over here telling on me, man? You know I've been trying to keep my team secret. What's wrong with you, man? Because <laughs> <laughs> you know they are my favorite team every Sunday when I need them. You know that man uh, in the in the life I chose. You know what I mean. But um, what I'm excited to see is what Bryce Young has in store for us. You know what I mean. I think that the guy is going to be special. Honestly, I think he's going to be absolutely incredible this year. And um, I'm ready to go out on a limb. I, I'm so excited about doing uh, my NFL preview shows for NFL Bet Exchange. Um, which will be every Wednesday this year as well, too. So you guys make sure to be tuned in to NFL Bet Exchange, the like the best show, period, when it comes to talking about the betting them games on Thursdays and Sundays. So um, I really do like the I really do like the Panthers uh odds going into this year but we got to see how they they come out of camp you know you got always factor in injuries and things like that and then yeah, another, sure. another team that's exciting to me going into this year is the chargers um the chargers sky's the limit man let's keep it real the chargers got everything on the table that can be that says they're a super bowl team I, yeah i, no, I, I agree with you i, I agree I with you and i'm only jumping in because we got to close this up yeah, I, I'm only jumping in because we need to close the show. But I agree with you about the Chargers. I think they have some interesting pieces, very interesting components. Uh, we'll leave you guys with this. I think the one team that I think is going to disappoint is the New York Jets. I just saw an over-under stat, by the way. Aaron Rodgers over-under touchdown passes, 27, uh, sorry, 28 and a half. I would take the under all day long on that. So hard for a new quarterback to – jump into a team and just achieve success. I don't think they're that great of a team. They got a nice defense, but that's not enough to get into the playoffs. I'm going to say the Jets do not make it. Sorry, Jets fans. Anyways, that is all the time we have on this week's show. We're up against the clock. Thank you to Voice America. Thank you to Pop DiBiase. And most of all, thank you to you, the listener. Without you, there is no show. We will see you all same time, same place next week. Enjoy your sports weekend, everyone. 
Thanks for joining us this week for the Mike Abadir Show. Please tune in again next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time for another show with Mike and his co-host, Gino Bacola, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.